0: to the Cleverly Changing Podcast, episode 58. Today we are joined by a special guest, Patrick Quinn, who is a former special education teacher. He joined us to talk about home education tips and give us some resources that we all, that's homeschoolers and traditional schoolers, can use to assist our kids with their homework. With the Cleverly Changing Podcast, our goal is to provide you with encouragement, insight about African history, and support as a parent and home educator. New episodes are uploaded bi-weekly, so please remember to subscribe and share. If you've been finding these podcasts helpful and you've been enjoying the conversation, please consider supporting it by donating via our Patreon page at a low monthly cost, visit patreon.com slash cleverly changing. That's patreo dot com cleverly changing. Today's African proverb is, smooth seas do not make skillful sailors. And that is a Swahili proverb.
1: It's now time for the word of the episode. Today's word of the episode is brought to you by Kenya and Tanzania. Kutenda. Kutenda. It means do in Ki Swahili. To another Cleverly Changing Podcast. I have an amazing guest for you today, and so I'm really eager to get started. But before we do, let me tell you a little bit about the podcast. This is a homeschool podcast, but it's not just for homeschool parents. It is also for people who want to supplement their child's education. So if you are in that category, listen up, tune in, and definitely see what you can learn. And if you have topics that you want us to discuss. Please leave us a message on one of our social channels at Cleverly Changing and we will get back to you. All right, without further ado, I am your host El Cole and I am a mom of twins who are now 12 and this is my seventh year homeschooling. Today's guest is a former educator, um, he may still consider himself an educator. So I'm gonna let him go ahead and introduce himself and tell you a little bit about him and his expertise.
2: Yeah, hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me Allie. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Patrick Quinn. Um, like Al said, I am a former educator. I used to teach in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I used to teach special ed science and English to sixth, seventh and eighth graders uh, for a number of years. Um, since being an educator, I have moved on to do a bunch of other things, um, one of them being uh, being a, one of the co-founders of Life of Dad, uh, which is a, a parenting website and platform that clearly focuses on the dad side of things. Um, my partners and I kind of grew that for a number of years, and now I work um, in marketing and I work with a company called Brainly, um, and that's what brings us here today.
1: Yes, yes. That is amazing. I know there are a lot of families who have their special needs children at home. And right now we're dealing with the pandemic. It has lasted much longer than any of us could have ever yes. imagined.
2: My wife actually just, um, just yesterday or the day before said, Uh, So what do you want to do for the um, two for the one year anniversary of uh, two weeks to flatten the curve? And I was like, oh, yeah, remember when it was going to take two weeks. And here we are a year later. So that's pretty amazing.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And Uh, I even even me as a homeschooler, my kids were in co-op and I was like, oh, well, I can just get them some fun stuff for the two weeks. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And we we loaded up on food and things and two weeks has turned into Months and months and months. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, to, we had to rethink that. And I know there are many homeschoolers and people who, you know, just did out-of-the-box type of educational experiences for their children that had to rethink things. It's not just public school or private school parents who are adjusting to this. It's really all of us. And we're spending much more time in virtual classes than we have ever experienced in our lives. Yes. I wanted to ask you, um, what are two challenges you've observed when you taught in the classroom and how do you think parents can overcome some of those challenges?
2: Wow, Um, one of the major challenges, and and this really shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but when I was a teacher, it it really came right to the forefront. Like I never really thought about it before, but one of the biggest challenges was always trying to teach on an individual level to each student so that I can connect with them in a specific way. But doing that, you know, times 15 times, you know, my biggest special ed class, I think we had uh, 20 kids in it at one point. Um, So trying to connect the content that I was putting out there with the largest number of kids that I could at one time, because there's only so much time as a teacher that we had to really sit down and focus one-on-one and help that person to you know overcome specific obstacles that are, that's really only for them where the next person has no problem with that obstacle and connects with the education in a different way so that was always a big big obstacle um in terms of being in the in the in the school setting um, that although that does translate to at home learning um especially i know in our house because we have a uh, almost 14-year-old girl and a 12-year-old, almost 12-year-old boy. Um, they learn very differently. They sit across from each other at the table when they're learning. And uh, when I need to kind of um, impart some, some, some lesson to them or help them with their work, um, it's hard to connect with both of them. They're just both such different people. So it's a, it, it is a, it's a big challenge um, for at-home learning or in-school learning is really just finding that individual connection to this to the student and you know teaching to their strengths and recognizing what their weaknesses are and trying to help develop those weaknesses to become strengths themselves.
1: Exactly. I when you said that I was like I'm a mom of twins and people would think that you know homeschooling twins same age same grade everything it would be very easy but It's those challenges still um, arise because they are very different personality wise and they even have different learning styles. And so you find yourself having to really be creative with how you present material. You just can't present it the same way every day and think it's going to stick you have to really just try different things. And, you know, we think about audio, maybe you come up with a song, it really just is a test (laughs) with, um, you know, being creative about how we share information. And even the way I learned it may not be the way my kids understand it. So that means I may need to pull up a YouTube video, I may need to reach out to my husband, I may need to reach out to a friend. But it's not a one size fits all when it comes to same ages or grades or even um, same household. It's just completely different. Just like, you know, we were kids once and, you know, some of us have siblings. We're not the same as our sibling. And so we have to kind of go back and think about that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I know my two older kids that uh, we have one and a four year old. So we're just- he's just learning everything also um, but the the other two they've just learn extremely differently our daughter I, we can't keep her away from books i mean they, if a book even like breezes by the house she'll have read it by the time it gets to the other side our son is very much not that he likes hands on stuff he likes you know building and undoing and you know trying to learn things that way so Um, so yeah, it is, it it is just, uh, it's tricky figuring out the, what those individual things are and then really trying to, you know, uh, uh, tailor the education towards that.
1: Yes. Yes. Do you find that as a parent, it's, um, that you face some challenges? Like, I know that you have an education background, but, and sometimes people think, oh, well, you're an educator. It's just going to be easy for you. (laughs) And sometimes you know, you realize, well, no, it's not easy at all. That's, and, and, you know, can you kind of speak to that a little bit and let our audience know that just because you may have experience as an educator, you're still facing obstacles when it comes to educating in your home.
2: Oh, absolutely. This has been one of the more baffling aspects of all of this is that, um, you know, I am a former educator. Uh, You would think that my kids would want to learn from me. Um, They, Absolutely do not. Um, I'm, a, I, you know, I'm a, a former swimmer, I, I, I swam in college, I swam competitively in high school. Uh, I was an ocean lifeguard for 12 years. Um, they would never even learn swimming from me. I couldn't teach them how to swim because I am the person that they will not learn from. Um, and my wife also, you know, she, they, they really put up a lot of resistance to learning from us um, where we could pull anybody off the literally anybody, i be like, can you teach this, this lesson? And they'd be like, sure. And my kids would be laser focused for those people. So, um, you know, as an educator, it is, it's, it's tough knowing that they have a harder time learning from me, um, but we still try. Um, my wife tries harder than I do um, to really get those lessons out there and get it to the kids. Um, but... You know, it, it's tough. It's tough to me, thinking to me, to my, to myself that I can't teach my kids. I mean, I can. They, they certainly learn things from me. But um, the resistance they put up just because they know us personally, and I'm sure you know that. You know, they, they, know how to push the buttons better than anybody else would. You know, we, we all we've lived together and we're in a pandemic together. Um, so they know how to um, get around the work by just pushing my personal buttons and things. So. Um, So that's always pretty tricky
1: for me. I definitely see that more so for my kids in the preteen and, you know, eventually they'll enter the teen years. And I see that pushback more so than ever. And it's like, but it used to be so much more easy for me. And now I find that I'm putting them in more virtual classes because it's just, <laughs> you know, as an adult, your patients, yeah. you know, we used to have a whole lot of patience, And then after a while, and then you have so much on your plate now that, you know, we have the pandemic and it's like, literally you're doing everything at home. And so you need a break. Your kids feel like yeah. they need a break. And so it's just like, sometimes you just need to have someone else present that lesson. Exactly. You want your kids to thrive, but sometimes you don't have it in you to deliver everything that they need. And that's okay. you know. And I'm glad that you shared that because I, I want families to know that you're not alone in that. We all face it from time to time. And yeah. so it's something that it's okay to hire a tutor. It's okay to get your kids help. That's what these resources are for. Exactly. So- some families are really looking into virtual and remote learning. So I just brought up that I'm doing it more now than ever. The whole world is doing it more now than ever. Do you have any tips for families who, you know, their child is not as engaged in virtual learning as they would have hoped? Do you have any virtual learning tips that you can share?
2: Oh, for sure. Um, um, with Brandy, they actually did a—they uh, put together a list at the beginning of the of the year to really um, give people who are not used to the home school um, way of doing things, give them some tips to help out and figure out like what are the what are some really good things that the kids need to have in place. Um, one of the biggest ones is establishing a routine as if they were in school. Um, you know, kids, my, my kids certainly—they thought they'd be able to just you know, wake up 10 minutes before school, roll over on their laptop, be in bed, you know, that kind of, and just do the schooling that way. Um, what we had instead was you had a command center, like a learning center. This is going to be your spot for school. You know, you're going to get up at a normal school hour in time to have a breakfast, to wake up, We get the cobwebs out of your head from waking up at uh, You know, maybe take a shower if it's, if it's shower day, you know, my kids are still fighting that they're a bit, you know, they're right on the cusp of, you know, finally, hopefully doing it on their own, but they're not, um, you know, brush your teeth, all, all those routines that you would do normally before sending the kids to the school bus or getting them into the, into the car to drive to school, um, getting those routines set up so the kids know like, okay, this is, this is real. I'm not just, you know, going to kick back on the couch and maybe like, you know, have Netflix off in the corner. Um, the other thing is that command center for you learning, you know, have a space that is specifically devoted to, um, um, to only education. Uh, you know, if you have a good space in the house, that's away from maybe the kitchen table or the TV or anything like that, that would be ideal. I know everybody doesn't have like a lot of room to move to, but um, if not, then you just every morning set up that space with everything they need, their electronics, uh, meaning computer headphones, things like that. Um, any sort of rulers or pens, pencils, everything, like everything, just all set up in that one spot. Um, All of that just goes a really long way towards making sure that, you know, people who aren't accustomed to the homeschool way of learning and or virtual learning, um, they, the kids will recognize that they are part of it. Um, And that was another thing is making sure the kids understand that we're all kind of in this together with the with the pandemic. It's for, you know, if you're if you're new to the learning thing, um, making sure that they're part of the conversation as to what's changing, what's new, what's going to be different about learning at home, um, and that way it doesn't feel like it's something that's being done to them, but that they are a part of the of the um, of of what's happening and that they can feel like they have, um, they have a voice in what's going on. And it just makes it a lot easier for the parent and for the kids to uh, really understand what's happening.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that 100% because I think when I first started homeschooling, I thought, oh, pajamas, because you, you see people on different social media platforms talking about, oh, I just, you know, school in my pajamas. That did not, we were not productive. On days when we didn't take it seriously <laughs> and get dressed. Right. It's all in a whole mindset. You know, you have to shift your mindset because if you're you're pretty laxadaisical about it all, that's really how you'll treat it. But when we were intentional about getting up, taking a shower, getting dressed, being focused, we were more focused. So I always let homeschoolers know if you can avoid the whole pajama all day thing, avoid it. Now everybody is different. I am sure there are some people who can make it work. It did not work for me and my household, though. (laughs) So we do have to get up and and eat breakfast and really start the day. Because what we also have to remember as people who are at home, but working and doing other things is that we are setting habits. We're we're teaching children um, different habits that they'll go on to either continue are you know, you don't want your kid resenting you for just allowing them to do anything. And when they grow up, they're like, that's not gonna fly in the real world. So you really have to kind of set some discipline in terms of your day to help them be more productive as they grow.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and it's tough. I mean, there's it, it doing it from a parent's perspective and an educator perspective, it's You get a lot of pushback and they don't, you know, they're not grasping why on certain days. So it's just the consistency of it and keeping up with it. And no matter how much they fight back, you know, not just throwing your hands up and being like, all right, fine. I guess that's just your way of doing it. It's it's, it's, it's keeping up with it, making sure it's consistent, making sure that it's, it's happening over and over again until it is happening, until it's something that is automatic. And it's known that that's just the way that things are happening.
1: Yes. are schools and for your children, are the schools requiring them to turn on their camera? Are they doing anything extra to kind of demand that engagement? Because I think like with my kids, they're taking classes with co-ops and they don't require the videos to be on. And my kids were like, if, this, if I don't have to do it, yeah. <laughs> if I don't have to turn my video on, I'm not. Right. Um, and so like, how, how is that working for your kids? Um, you know, the they never don't they never said
2: to us specifically that there needs to be um, a requirement for having the cameras on. And my kids, they started out off, off with at home learning for the first semester, and then they went back into the school. So they were actually be- being able to go into the classroom. I'm in I'm in Austin, Texas, um, so they had that option to go back there. But they've had to do they've both had to do two week quarantines uh, several times because somebody in one of their classrooms tested positive, uh, luckily, you know, we're blessed that none of the kids, none of our kids or anybody in the family ever, um, came down with COVID, but they had to go back to the at-home learning. But what I did recognize though, is a lot of the teachers when I'm, you know, listening in on on what's happening or just passing by, um, the teachers are really good at calling out students. Um, not, not, not in a bad way, but just saying like, you know, like, Oh, Hey, you know, Brian, what do you think about this? Making sure that the kids know that they're, uh, they're gonna be perking back up. So they better not, you know, just be off in the Neverland um, because the teacher might call on them. So, and the teachers are really great about that, uh, making sure that the kids were engaged and it wasn't just a one way um, one-way thing, even though there was, you know, one teacher looking at a slate of, I'm sure maybe half disinterested kids who uh, want to do something different, but it's, uh, they're, they're really great about it.
1: Awesome. That's, that's great to hear. I'm really glad to hear that um, because I know right now a lot of uh, states are moving more to the hybrid model. And so even though that, you know, you have your children have had to quarantine a couple of times, that's really something that we kind of need to kind of get used to because that's going (laughs) to happen. You know, COVID isn't going anywhere for a while. And so there will be times when people have to quarantine. But, you know, there are safety precautions and things that you can teach your kids. And for the most part, we, we should be uh, fearless and continue to uh, move forward and progress and let them go to school, let them learn. It's not really a time for us to live in fear. And as adults, we really set the tone for that and how yeah. we, we react to hearing, oh, there was a kid in the school? Okay, don't, you know, you can't really blow, blow up and blow off the handle, oh, because that's gonna make your child feel uncertain and unsafe. And right. so you, you really have to, you know, be the adult, take a step back, assess the situation and move forward intelligently.
2: Right, and you don't want them thinking like, oh man, if I do get sick, is that gonna be the reaction from other people? Like about me? So yeah,
1: for sure. Right, right. So one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is a resource called Brainly.
2: Yes, yes, for sure. Um, Now, this is something that, I mean, when I was teaching, I wished that this this existed. Um, You know, this is years ago, so it did not. But um, Brainly is apparently, before I learned about Brainly, apparently Brainly was everywhere in Europe. It was, it's, the website gets over 350 million users a month. Um, and the best way to describe it is that it's an online study group for kids who are looking for help with a certain subject. Um, so essentially, kids helping kids with what they're good at or what they need, what they need help with. Um, so Brainly has, it's an amazing resource for any parent, any student, any educator, any school system, Um, Because really what it is, is it's getting kids are learning at the same level that they're at from kids that are their age. Um, And sometimes, you know, like we talked about, it's hard to connect with the kids. It's hard to um, really speak to them in their language to help them to understand what the subject is or what what they're struggling with. Uh, So this is great because the kids can go in if they're struggling with a math problem or something with history or whatever it may be. They type in a question and somebody around their age from anywhere around the world can jump on and say, oh, I know that answer. Let me help this person out. And it's not an answer farm, which is great. It's not just like, here's the answer, go on your way. It's really a system of them explaining it. It's, uh, it's learning at their level. It's them figuring out together wh- how to better understand each subject. Um, and then on the flip side of that, when the kids are using it to find an answer from somebody else or find, find a way to get, um, to get a better understanding, they wind up helping other kids because they'll see a question that's out there and say, oh, I totally know that one. And it reinforces the learning that they already have because one of the best ways to learn is to teach um, a subject so they're able to get in there and actually teach somebody else. And that person might be in Poland. They might be in Germany. They might be right up the road from them in, you know, in the U.S. and not know each other. But it's a really great community um, of learners and people who need to some help with their learning.
1: That just sounds amazing. And when I first learned about the Internet, <laughs> I'm <dating> <laughs> myself. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I first learned about the internet, this is what I envisioned for education: that it would be a platform where kids all over the world could really engage. I remember the commercials that they first started showing way back in the day <laughs>
2: <For> AOL. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, it was. It wasn't even the World Wide Web. There was. Um, Web TV. So that, right. <laughs> that's how long ago I'm talking. Uh, so, so, but this is really what th- what they they talked about and they envisioned. But there weren't necessarily platforms that did it. And so, Brainly has really just kind of embraced that concept and is and is made it has made it a safe place for kids to do that. Can yeah. You- talk about the safety of it, because I know that, you know, we really have to protect our children online. So can you kind of speak to that a little bit? For sure.
2: And this is something that's really, uh, it's important to us, especially, you know, with the age range of our children. Literally an hour ago, my wife called me off to the side to talk about, um, about our daughter blocking us on our Instagram stories. And like, how, what's going on? Like we, we, we trust her. It's that we trust other people. Um, but we were, we just had a discussion about like internet safety and what we can do and everything. Um, brainly has a bunch of different levels of security and oversight, on it, which is, which makes it fantastic. I mean, first and foremost for the education, it has, um, really advanced AI that scans what's going on, makes sure that, the answers that are being provided or the, the help that's being provided isn't just an answer. It doesn't just make it like, here's the answer and now go on your way. Um, it makes sure, make sure that the education is correct. Um, it also has, I think like three or 4,000 subject um, experts who scan what's going on all the time, making sure again, questions are correct, making sure that the community is, is, um, is being helpful of each other and supportive of each other. And then it's self-policing. It's a really great community of people watching out. Um, But on top of all of that, with Brainly, there isn't any, everything is public. There's nothing that like a student that's on there that's helping, they can't DM each other. They can't just say, hey, you know, let's take this private chat over here. Um, The only people who are able to um, message privately amongst each other are moderators for the site. Um, And then people who have been using the site long enough that they've gained a certain number of points and a certain level of trust. Um, those people are able to send out um, personal messages amongst the moderators, and that's it. So, so it really is an open thing where a parent can go on and they can see that you know this isn't something where people, kids are just goofing, goofing off. They're really in there to help each other. But one of the biggest, the biggest thing, and like I, I mentioned a minute ago, it's the self-policing. The community is really there, passionate about keeping Brainly. Um, being what it is meant meant to be. Um, And I've rarely seen this on any platform where, you know, people are really on there making sure that they are supporting each other, helping each other, and keeping out anything that they don't want for this platform that they love. Um, And especially nowadays, it's it's almost gives it a social aspect too, where some kids are maybe missing that because they're not able to go into school. Um, So it helps in that sense. But um, it really is something that we personally trust, um, my, my wife and I, and we love that the kids are able to use it because of that.
1: That sounds incredible. Is there a particular age group that you would say Brainly is better for than
2: others? Yeah, it's, you know, the younger kids, like our four-year-old isn't going to be on Brainly um, instead he goes on YouTube. The, this morning, my wife said something to him like, she was asking him what's in here, like just a, like a question because she had said something to him, mommy's love is here in your heart. And he answered my heart. And then she's like, what else? And he goes, blood, because he was watching a, a YouTube video about the circulatory system the other day. So we were both laughing about that. Um, but for this Bramley is generally geared towards middle school learning all the way up through college. So, you know, anybody who's anywhere in that range can find um, uh, help from kids their age, maybe slightly older, maybe slightly younger, depending on what it is, because it is worldwide. So some kids you know, in, in Prague might be learning something that, that they're not learning in Chicago one year and then they're learning it next year. So, um, But yeah, that's the age range it is generally middle school all the way up through university and college.
1: Awesome. I yeah. feel like you've already answered this question because you said that it's worldwide, but how does it speak to diverse and multicultural students?
2: Oh yeah, uh, for sure. This it's, it's really does open, open kids eyes to the fact that other kids that are out there in all, all walks of life and everywhere in the world they're all doing the same thing. They're all trying to learn, they're all try, they're all learning um, in different ways. And the way I, I really love that about this is that it does it keeps it anonymous to a sense, but then you're also being able to interact with, with kids from, like you said, we just talked about, from all other countries, all other walks of life. any socioeconomic uh, part of the, of, of the spectrum, these kids are on there. and it's, uh, it's, it really, it helps the kids to understand that there's a bigger world out there. It helps the kids to understand that, you know, I might be getting this, this person that's helping me might be up the block for me, but they might also be um, like down in South Asia, who knows where they might be. So um, it really, it's, it's nice to to know that it's 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 really a global platform and it makes the kids understand that, you know, we're all in this together. Especially even when it comes to things that you don't really want to maybe love, like homework and stuff like that. So, If kids can unite about one thing it's that so you know
1: yes yes. and I I love the fact that it's worldwide because I think that our children here in America sometimes don't necessarily get to see the normalcy of other countries so like if you turn on the news you know they highlight certain aspects of the other world it's not necessarily a really um, laid back or balanced approach and so brainly you know when you get to see a kid doing the same assignment you are doing it kind of um just kind of normalizes life in other parts of the world and i think that's really important for all kids not just american kids but that's what i i really thought of when i i i heard that it was global and i just think that having an opportunity to really interface with people outside of your country is a gift so
2: yeah, for sure. And then even just learn, if you get to learn a different way of learning, a different way of thinking about something, it just really enhances the educational process. You know, like the kids in Asia are learning math differently than we are, I mean, kids in everywhere. So if you can get that, if you're not understanding one way but then all of a sudden you have a new way of looking at it, it's just, uh, it just makes your way, the, the kid's way of thinking much better. So when they grow up, they maybe have these different paths to finding solutions.
1: Yes, yes. So you were a former teacher, and I know that you're a dad. So there are resources that you use. You have kids in pretty much every different sector of school. So you have a four year old who, you know, might be entering elementary school, but could be still in preschool. Then you have a 12 year old who's in middle school. And is your 14 year old in high school or about to go into high school?
2: Uh, She's no, she's still in middle school now. So yeah, yeah, next year, we can't believe it. She's taller than me now too. I'm like, not much. I'm like, (laughs) so.
1: Yes. yes. Do you have, are there any other resources outside of Brainly? I know Brainly is definitely um, one of your favorites, but is there anything other resources that you can share with people that you like?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mentioned before, our son uses YouTube, and that's an obvious one. You know, you can find so much, so many educational uh, channels in there. But again, it's YouTube. So you kind of have to watch out and keep your eye over their shoulders as to what it is, what content they are pulling out. Um, One of the big ones, and we do little competitions here, and it's myself against my kids because I'm trying to learn myself. constant learning and it's, it's great for the kids to know that I'm still trying to learn, you know, here at 44 years old and trying to pick up new things, but um, we use Duolingo to help with, uh, with languages. So, um, you know, we'll do competitions as, all right, by the end of the week, we can get through the, the most Spanish lessons this week, you know, and then, and it's great because the site has these little rewards and these little badges you get. Um, and I know they're probably geared more towards the kids but I'm always happy to be getting like, yes, we got another another egg open, you know, that for, for this for this lesson. So um, Duolingo is a big one that we use a lot um, for our youngest son, ABC Mouse. We try to get him on there pretty often to try to uh, get him some real basic lessons. Um, but those those are the ones we use around here. Um, uh, otherwise, a lot of the research is done on YouTube. And then, you know, the the typical standards of Wikipedia and, you know, just Blind and internet searching.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, I definitely can uh, attest to liking Duolingo. I first started using the app probably when my kids were really young because they've they've had the app for a very long time, and it's just it's a quality app and it's fun. So you talk, you know, you like earning badges. It's just a fun app. It's a fun way to learn, and I wish they had it when I was in school because I did not like foreign language. (laughs) Same. <laughs> so it would have been so much better and just so much more easy because it's it's just the way they present the information is so much better for, for anybody, whether yeah. you're an adult or a child. So, That's, so. I, I think
2: it's amazing because of that, because I, I enjoy it just, and it's, it's not like I'm getting different content. I'm looking at the same exact thing my kids are. Only I keep looking myself up because I try to learn Japanese and Spanish at the same time. And I just can't keep them. It's all it's all goofed up in my head now.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. So, I guess in the the last few minutes that we have, is there anything else that you really wanted to share today?
2: Um, nothing really in particular. I just really hope that everybody who is um, new to doing online, I mean, I mean, at home learning, is uh, is finding the experience rewarding because it can be it can be super frustrating. Um, and that goes for everybody, especially if you're, if you're working from home at the same time as your kids are at school, um, which makes Brainly a great resource because if they come to you and you're busy, you just say go on Brainly and just you know type it in there, have, <laughs> have somebody else help you real quick. Um, but I really hope that uh, um, um, all the families are really finding their way through this because it it's tough. Um, it's hard to get something new like this. It's hard to, uh, to all of a sudden, you know, jump into education if you've never been in education, um, and you weren't actively choosing to, um, to homeschool your kids. And now it's kind of being um, given to you. Uh, I know it's hard. um, And we all do. But it's it's just, uh, like I said earlier, it's remembering that we're all in this together, even like just the parents and the kids, but also the school boards, the teachers, the people on zoom, the administrators, everybody's just trying to figure out the best methods and the best way to make sure that education keeps uh, happening.
1: Yes, yes. I, I agree with you 100%. And I thank you for taking time to just share with us today. I'm, I've i had so much fun learning about Brainly. I'm really looking forward to signing up and getting my kids on Brainly because now that they're older and they're getting into some of the math it's been so long since I did it. I really, you know, it's taken a, a while to relearn it. And exactly. so I'm yeah. glad that there's another option. I was using photo math for a while, you know, just to make sure I'm working the problems out correctly, correctly. And so I'm glad this is just another resource we can put in our tool belt to teach our children. So can you, before we go, I want you to share Brainly's links and also your links so that people can connect with you and follow you.
2: Sure. Uh, Brainly is brainly.com. Nice and easy. So um spelled just like you would look at you you would, you would uh, write it down. Um, and my links, geez, I barely remember my own links. <laughs> um, I think I'm Quinn PJ uh, on uh, Twitter and uh, PQP CUE on Instagram. So that's, uh, those are my my handles. And then uh, Life of Dad is my platform if you ever wanted to follow that too. And it's lifeofdad.com.
1: Awesome, awesome. We will definitely put those links in the show notes. And I just thank you for your time. And I wish you and your family the best.
2: Thank you so much. I really appreciated being here.
1: Awesome. Well, have a great day. Thank you, you too. You too.
0: Did you know that we sell merchandise to keep our podcast going? Order a hoodie, t-shirt, mugs, and more today. Visit cleverlychanging.com and click on the shop tab to place your order.